Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Side Podcast. It is indeed a show about black science fiction and fantasy and helping us stay on the same page as a family. Today for episode 123, we'll be discussing stories from Africa Risen. This is week five of Africa Risen, five out of eight. This is part of the ongoing series covering stories from the anthology. As always, you don't have to read it or watch it with us. Just sit back, relax, and listen to us. Special shout out for those of you out there who support us every single month. Every month, these people give us $1, $2, hell, maybe even $5 a month. Oh, there it goes. Special shout out to patrons out there, Kate, Marhartz, Monty Tide, Sarah Thorny, Maria Esther, O. Taylor, Emily Bradfoot, Stacey Huffhines, Marissa Weber, Mia, and Bria, Bree Hopper. Nope, Bree Hooper, double O. Love you, patrons out there. Thank you so much for your continued support. And if you would like to be a patron and support this show that we produced on our own, you can find the link to the Patreon in the episode notes. Now, let's get into it. Ben, I'm not going to ask you how you're doing. I'm going to ask you how many friends have you made this week because Ben has been on a mission to make more friends in L.A. I want friends because I'm lonely. All I do is hang out with my wife and kids. That's right. And that's lonely. It's quite pathetic when Ooh. you think about it. Mm. Uh, actually, this week I went to a birthday party of a friend that I made, uh, Alex. Um, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, or my friend Alex. And he's like really into film. He's got me really into watching like 35 millimeter film and being like a cinephile. And. Oh, a cinephile is yeah. what they're called. Yes, yeah, so people are obsessed with you know old school film and like watching it thirty five millimeter and oh. not doing digital and B, you got to go to the movie theaters and like experience it with a group of people. I do love experiencing the theater, but at what point did they switch the millimeter? So these are all films made before when the eighties. Uh, no. Um. Well, well, I guess anything digital. Yeah. So when did things started to become digitized? Uh, the with the start of a uh, you know, DVDs, you know? Got it, yeah. Yeah, so, but even modern films today uh, will be um, put on 35 millimeter film, like real. So you yeah. can, so it's there like are the certain, people who prefer uh, records. Records, yeah, that's exactly. CDs it's or, same group of or people. Or iPod or Same whatever. people who's uh, collecting records are the same people who are watching 35 millimeter films at, you know, storefront theaters throughout LA. So yeah, LA has like this whole vibe. There's like lots of bookstores just focusing on like books on film. And so I made this friend and, you know, I've gone to two films with him so far. Mm -hmm. One was like a, a double feature. That was amazing. And then yesterday we watched a film called Targets, which is an incredible film about a mass school shooter or no, not school shooter, just a mass shooter in general. Mm -hmm. And it came in like the 60s. And the film starts with like, in 1967, a, you know, a lunatic sniper killed 11 people. And in 1968, nothing was done by the government. It's only going to get worse. We need to do something about it now. And it started with this oh, like, no. <laughs> and I was like, it's like it didn't uh, it get gets, better. It gets worse, uh, actually. So, um, whoopsie. But uh, yeah, definitely a good time, uh, an appropriate time to watch a movie. But we discussed it, lots of symbolism. 
And it did you make more friends? Yeah, that and, was the goal. Yeah, yeah. And then also I went to a book club as well, Amber. Yeah, tell me about your book club because you so you were already in a comic book club in LA. I want to start by saying y'all know me. I'm the social queen, so I've made tons of friends just going to events and working on projects specifically. Not that you're not social either, but like the friends that I can think about, I've met like because of TikTok events or yeah, whatever. Making... So talk to me about this. You were going to a virtual comic book club. Which is now great. you went to an in-person book club. How did your in-person book club go, man? <laughs> I mean, it was at a brewery, and like Yummy. fourteen people said that they would show up, and then four people showed up, and I was like, "This would have never happened in Chicago." Yeah, like, like in Chicago, you, people, you just wouldn't RSVP. Yeah, you just wouldn't RS, or you would change your RSVP. You can go on Meetup and change. Like, I'm not going. It's very easy. Yeah. So so. What's 14 minus 4? 10 people didn't show and they RSVP'd and just did not update their I think RSVP. I did the math. I think it was like 37% of the people. You do like four. Uh, how many times does 11 go into four? It's like 37. No, th- more than... If, if 10 didn't show, that's way over 37%. Are you so saying 30, 37%, 37% went? showed, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah that, four, that four out. It was like four out of 11. So it's 40%, but then just a little bit less than 40%. And to so. be clear, you were one of the four. I was one of the four. So you made three new friends, maybe. Yeah, and they were like super chill and uh, huge into books. They knew a lot of books, and we talked about video games and different books. It was actually a very different run kind of um, book club where all the conversation just centers around the book. That's the book club I, I was used to, where this was like more, you know, like our show, more, more like our show, like <laughs> drink, have fun, yeah. you, know, uh, psh, you know, doing, doing that kind of thing. So yeah, I, it was, it was good. I had a good time. I love a loose game plan. As a I, podcast format and as a hangout format. Like, I love when my friends are like, hey, why don't we all get together and take this yoga class? But I have nothing planned after that. So we'll take the class and then just hang out, or we'll take the class and go eat, or we'll take the class and go nails. But when there's too many plans, it just doesn't work well, you know? Um, and I like that as a show as well. I don't like to, I, I've obviously listened to different podcasts that are like highly regimented and segmented and others that are just like we're just talking about nothing and i don't like that either it's like the difference between a reality tv show and then a written tv show right i love like these five women live in atlanta and they're rich today they're going to an event i I like it loose enough like that but i hate when shows are like we're just a show about nothing whatever comes up is whatever we'll discuss it's like what what's the point what what are the new fresh insights I guess reality TV can feel like yeah, that. Yeah, reality too. TV 100% feels like that. Well, it's but, but it's, you don't you don't like like rigid like plot 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 plot. You like conversation yeah. and free flowing. Cuz think about and, how like a vacation. It's like if I go on a vacation, I want one thing planned today. No, I want I want to move move move. I want a, no. a good hiking. I want to uh, go on a hike and go snowboarding and explore things and like potentially jump off, you no, know, ma'am. a cliff into some water. You and, know what I do like? I like one eat and one activity a day. Does that make sense? So it's sure. like, let's go parasailing, and at night we'll go to this margarita bar. Oh, I like boom, 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 boom. No, no, no. Yo, no, you, you don't, Ben. That's not even really... Well, I guess on vacation you kind of do like a, a, a nice routine. So, so you're going to be that dad on vacation that's like, all right, let's get up, time yeah, to get dinner, up, breakfast. time to go. That's exactly how I am. Mm. Yeah, well, I had 
a great last evening. Thanks for asking. Oh, yeah. You've been watching the glow up. You're obsessed with your makeup. You've been like doing your own makeup. Amber yes. thinks she's going to become um, a makeup star. I she could. Don't. I mean, she could do whatever no she way. wants. No, no, no. I'm way too far behind. But I, I have been really enjoying watching people do makeup and talk get, about certain I techniques. I want to get back to the it, behind part uh, when you're done. Uh, about watching makeup tutorials. You're like, you said I'm too far behind. I wanna, I'm going to come back to that. Keep going. So you've been watching makeup tutorials. You've been yeah. watching the glow up. And yesterday you did your own makeup. I did. Yesterday was one of the first times I felt really confident about it because not that I have a huge following or anything, but it is kind of hard when you're trying to learn a new skill and you're sharing that journey with people because then here comes the... A lot of actually really good suggestions, but then yeah. here comes the people being like, "Girl, just just hire me to do it." Just blah blah blah. And I'm just I know like, someone does your makeup, and you know, yeah, like, or the whoever's doing your makeup cook. needs to do better. Yeah, you're just like, why are you dragging me? I'm just trying to be an adult. Maybe learn I want to do skill. it on my own. Yeah, it's sort of like I, right. someone like seeing criticizing your cooking skills is like, hire me to cook. Well, actually, I just want to learn how to cook I on my own. I just want to learn how to cook on my own, and I want to share that with people so that they can say like, "Oh, maybe this will encourage me to do a new skill." But that comes with like I I recognize that sharing your life and being vulnerable doesn't make you um exempt from criticism so that that just comes with the territory no it doesn't not only does it make you exempt it invites further criticism oh oh a hundred percent but for me it's always lives are more likely to be criticized yeah for me it's always just so worth it so let me let me go back to what you were saying when you Cut, so me I, off, I, cut me off a little bit about being sorry. behind. I was just, you're fine. You're fine. I was you were just, just saying excited. when you're like 80 years old, if you really start getting to makeup now, by the time you're 80, like you could be doing makeup on set. You'd have like 50 years of experience. Yeah, but something about makeup, being a 32-year-old woman in my brain, I should have figured out my makeup by now. When I'm seeing like 12-year-olds with like perfectly symmetrical eyebrows and like the perfect primer and they know like how to get the perfect ombre lip. That's and I'm like, better. why two, don't I know this? Two years. Just practice two years. They probably, yeah. 12-year-olds, they practice every day or whatever. You could easily do it. Grandma Moses. Feel... I've talked to you about Grandma Moses, right? This woman didn't start painting till she was, I think, in her 80s. About... I don't know who this is. Yeah, everyone check out Grandma Moses. Huge inspiration. You know, this woman she's didn't... She's a painter. She's a painter. Okay. She didn't start painting until she was geriatric. And now she Aww. became artistically fantastic. Yeah, but we didn't meet her until we... she was artistically fantastic. What if we met her on the journey? People would have been mean maybe i mean this was a little bit before instagram and stuff but yeah right. i say oh, got it, got it, got i say it. amber do do your thing keep working on it oh i'm very excited about it it makes me think and i'll never in another life i really enjoyed like painting or like color pencils which i never really took to as a kid i was always about like let's do a play i'm the director or let's do choreography whereas this is kind of just like painting on my face it literally is that you had a friend last night uh compliment to you like this friend uh does makeup full time i was like oh that's, yes yes she she compl- she's like oh man that you look she typically good. does my neck she was like you gotta blend but this is really she said you did your face start. and i was like i did i i felt i was like i i, I you felt know, you not- i was sitting next to you i was like oh that compliment means yes. way more than anything I would ever say to Correct. Amber. Correct. Because you're not going to say anything. You'll, you'll, you okay. might say, oh, wow. But you don't know what specifically changed yeah. the look. Which is fine. I don't, I don't expect you to. That's a sign of a, a, a secure relationship. This is yeah. a podcast about relationships. Really, right. You got to be willing to uh, recognize that other people besides their partner can give them 
you know, better compliments, maybe even better head. I don't know. You know. Whoa. <laughs> Somebody gave you better head than me? No, I can believe that. Just, That's actually not that unbelievable. <laughs> I was just, look at me, I'm being funny. Make a cracking joke. Ha, ha, ha. Hell. Anyway, speaking of giving better head and giving uh, better compliments, we want to remind all of you, we don't have any Apple Podcasts reviews to read this week, which is we fine. We've, we've literally had so many to read every single week. That... Yes, yes, that's correct. So we would, in my brain, I was like, I thought I saw that there were 650 ratings of our podcast. So I was but like, I know there's not been six, right? So, but, so you but can you know give what? us a five star without writing. Yeah. So actually, but go that's ahead. a pretty good percentage if yeah, you really great. think about it, because we've read an Apple Podcast review almost every episode, and some episodes we read read two or three. Yeah. So which is why I told you only read one per episode, so we don't get we don't get caught up. That's I told okay. You, I knew this. Would no, no, happen. no. We're gonna catch up. We're Remember failures. If you have been listening to this show a really long time, you remember one of our goals a while back was to have 1,000 podcast reviews. Maybe you just hit the stars or maybe you wrote it, 1,000 podcast reviews. And we're at 650. So that's over halfway to our goal. So we can do this. Maybe we'll do like a little countdown and encourage a stream of people. So please, 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 if you haven't written a review already, keep sending those reviews. Another shameless plug before we get into week five of Africa Risen is my AMP show, Bad Advice with Amber. And guess what we're talking about tomorrow, Ben? Yeah. Oh, tonight. Oh, my gosh. Tonight is Yeah, you, you told me. But actually, can you talk about how you've been coming up with this? Because I thought it was so oh, brilliant. I think yeah. that was so brilliant. It was such a teacher move to, like, put it back on your listeners. Talk about that. I always want to work collaboratively with any audience or any supporters. So... I want to bring people episodes. You okay? Yeah. Not, just... I was about to say, not you farting on the podcast. Speaking of which, um, I'm doing most embarrassing stories tonight. But what I want to do is obviously give people more shows of things they're interested in and things they want to hear. And so in the past, when I first started this show, I've done about 24 shows. In the past, when I first started the show... I would ask people, like, what topics do y'all want to talk about? And then people would be like, oh, we want to talk about uh, being bisexual. And so this is an advice show. And I'd be like, oh, are you bisexual? And they'd be like, well, no. But somebody you know is bisexual. Well, I'm bisexual. Ben's bisexual. And they're like, well, yeah, just talk about that. And I'm like, well, that's kind of like, so you want me to just talk about being gay the whole show? Like, that really doesn't make for a good story. But what I'm starting to do now is say to listeners, why don't y'all drop in the chat box a story that's really funny or that's really interesting or something that you would really want to tell, and then I can make that into a show episode. So somebody today just dropped, can we please talk about how you get sick on international trips sometimes? I got so sick in, you know, whatever country. Not to bash other countries, but just sometimes, like, if you eat different cuisine in a country, your American belly might not be used to it or whatever. Like if you eat different cuisine in parts of the U.S., oh, every, every time I go down started. to the South, I always feel, like, gutted and bloated. Oh. And Are you trying to read my family? No, I'm just saying there's a lot of meat. We eat a lot of But it's delicious. Meat. So what's no, the problem? No, I'm just saying regionally, I'm, I'm not used mama. to that. No, don't, don't tell me. I'm going to tell my mom you said that about her cooking. Anyway, I didn't somebody say that said about your mom's cooking. You said about when we go to There's the South, which steaks. is my mama's house. So you can sleep outside of my mama's house if you don't have an attitude. But somebody said today, like, hey, can nice we talk about. greenhouse, actually. It is pretty great. I right. Like, I do. Uh, I could sleep out there. It's fine. 
when we talk about international travel, getting sick or whatever. So now I was like, I can think of things that went wrong on trips, like getting sick. Or I can think about that time I lost my passport in Thailand or whatever. So then I was like, oh, now I can just plan like the name of the show will be vacate this vacation. So so it's it's really helped me be able to plan backwards for shows. And I just always want to thank people who are writing reviews. Uh, joining our Patreon and giving me show ideas for AMP. That yeah. was a very long way to say that. Yeah, so go ahead and download AMP. It's a uh, an, a app that Amazon uh, uses. It's basically like radio. And yep, live radio. Great. Live radio. Love to see it. Are we ready to get into the story? Let me check my baby monitor. Y'all, we sat down earlier to try to start the podcast, and then Itty Bitty woke up like two minutes in, so we have had to start over, but she is knocked out. I should probably zoom in and make sure her belly's still moving. She's good. She's good. Anyway, so we read four stories. We're going to start with the first story, right, Benjamin? You know, you love to be like, so let's get into the the third story. I'm like, I don't believe in life in a linear, like assuming a linear sense of time. I don't believe in linear sense of time. You know, everything repeats itself. You know, it's a huge pendulum that goes back and forth and all this will happen again type of thing, Mm -hmm. you know. All we are is dust in the... If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast terms and conditions apply indeed.com slash podcast need to hire you need indeed when you want to tell about the sugar meal oh yeah so speaking of dust and sugar uh so the sugar meal is by tobias tobias bukel oh boy uh and so basically it's a story about this passing um uh, black man who uh, okay let's back let's back that up passing be clear oh yeah yeah they're so like mixed race he's he's a mixed person but he passes as a as white, white as a white yes. person but and he that becomes black, yeah. a, he talks about that as like people assume that he's white and they I think he uses the term passing got it um in in this story so I'm, I don't mean mm-hmm. that in, in any derogatory sense in, in the lead um uh and so he talks about that experience. And so he's trying to sell this uh, real estate that an old sugar mill was built on yes. um, in the Caribbean. And these like white, this white family comes on right after a huge, you know, um, uh, I guess like hurricane to like buy up this property. And yet this sugar mill is being uh, haunted by all these ghosts. And so it's the main character having to deal with like the ethics of selling property that is um, basically a, a sign of like forced labor, death, and destruction so that some white families could have a nice vacation home. Right. And it does a really good job of 
this is the thing I love about sci-fi because I do typically, I'm more drawn to dramas and biopics and like heightened versions of, of things that happen in real life. So this story, like real, real things, real, real things, things, but, but some drama. I do like yeah. a little bit of drama, but, or true crime, you know, it's like, this yeah. is, this happened in real life or, and it's insane. Or something that can actually happen. You like, correct. Real stuff. Like you, you know, there's actually people who yes. go around serial killing women and stuff. Right. Right. Sorry. I was like, like me, what? Like you, you, you the, the show. show, but Good old Joe, but there was a point um, in this story on page. So obviously, it's it's insane and and fantastical that someone would build property on top of a factory where tons of people were like brutally killed. But we've seen that, right? And so one line. Welcome um, to in, the United States. Right. One party line. Party in the USA. Sorry. You okay? Yeah. No, you can finish your song. Yeah, no. Uh, I, you you make you making me lose my train of thought. With sorry, you I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. There's one line, uh, about you know this character is reflecting. It was like, who would turn a forced labor camp into a restaurant or a set of villas? Like, what? Why? Who? Who would dare turn a, a plantation into a, a wedding venue? Which is something we obviously see commonplace in the states and these. And well, yeah, yeah, basically, basically only in the states. Nobody's like turning Auschwitz into like a picnic area, you know, right? No. To my no, knowledge, they are not. So this story did a really great job of showing that the ghosts and the people that were brutally killed on this land still haunt this land, and they're haunting this real estate agent as well, being like, "Don't sell to these white people. Like, we will haunt them every night. We will rattle these chains if you sell to them." Which I love. I love. I love ghosts whose side I'm on. Like, do you remember like all of the ghosts that came to life in Mulan and yeah. the ancestors or, or were like, the, "No, dishonor. I think the, the ghosts and the TV show ghosts are very yes. uh, personable. They're very funny. The ghosts in this right. also like to watch TV, and they're like, "Oh, we we like you know reality TV or something." Uh, yes. They talk about watching TV in here. You know, right. but also this is the thing though. Like, if you're in the U.S., basically, you're especially if you're on Long Island or parts of the East Coast. Uh, you're standing on land that's like soaked in blood because of the indigenous people that was there, right? Like everything we built is built on like genocide. Like I remember having a professor once telling me that nations are built on genocide. You go in, you kill everybody there. And he was hype about it. Uh, like, uh, like excited. I mean, he was not hype, but he was just like, I mean, this is the way it is. Nations are built on genocide. He wasn't. He was saying. Um. So this was uh, the context where. Um, we were like learning about Israel, Palestine, and he said, in context of Israel, a lot of people will like, um, like a lot of Americans, like woke Americans, will be like Israel, Israel, you know, coming in and destroying Palestine, and he doesn't give that as an excuse, but he's like, America did the same thing, of course, and so we also need to make. Um, ramifications of that as well to the indigenous people here. So he was just drawing parallels between uh, the worlds, you know, because like, and Mm -hmm. when you're in Israel, Palestine, it's so in your face, like you see the, um, the destruction of the land as you're driving through the settlements, right? You see that, but that those settlements are very like almost mirror images of what was happening in the U S you know, hundreds of years ago. And even today as they're building like oil pipelines, but um, yeah, I always think of like, you know, that 
just this idea of wherever you're at, you're going to be, you know, on someone's, um, like to own property specifically requires you to like be violent in some sense. Wow. Which is why, you know, nobody should ever own property. Property is theft is a, well, you know, you're a hypocrite in that we own our condo in Chicago. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. How do you reconcile in the past? You've talked about how graveyards are a waste of space, like spaces where we honor the dead are wastes of space. So how do you reconcile? Like that's a waste of space and building over like, like which one for you is not the waste of space. I think like you put a nice little plaque, like this is where genocide happened. You know, then we can a plaque. <laughs> That's what you see sometimes. You're like, well, actually, I think the thing like is a monument. Yeah, uh, I think uh, reparations is a big part of that. But yeah. a lot of people, well, like, you argued against reparations in the past too. Let's. Uh, I, I didn't argue. Like, remember that selling Tampa episode where you were talking about like nobody should get reparations. Juneteenth should just be a national holiday, and or you were saying like I did not say it, that. You said something to the effect of. You you said something. Somebody help me out with the receipts. God, you said I, you said Juneteenth should be should replace the Fourth of July, which I I, I fuck with sounds, that obviously. But you were saying something about like reparations in the form of money is not going to solve the problem. But I think which I agree with. I think it needs to be like maybe reparations and maybe finances and resources and like mental health oh, yeah. clinics and whatever. Oh, so I yeah. think you were saying I questioned, that. I question just like giving out. Like just money, hard cold cash, like hard cold. Yes, because that would, I, I mean, maybe that could be a good way. I think like reparations is sort of a, an ideology that needs to happen uh, in a systematic way. So like giving people land, giving people right. um, free education, and giving people uh, an income like a monthly base income. Correct, but I think when you said it. You know you. You love to just go for the knee-jerk reaction. I do, yeah. So you'll be like, I don't really understand, like, why reparations or whatever. And it was just like, what? Oh, yeah. And then you cleaned it up. Yeah, I always but clean up. But sometimes people might not stay around for your cleanup. <laughs> so I under- You barely I- stay around for my cleanup. Yeah, too, I am so. people. I am people. Let's so move I understood on to- what you... So I understood. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm just gonna thump you, y'all. Y'all know I love Ben, but so this isn't a podcast where it's like it's two girlfriends and one of them cuts each other off. We can just thump each other when we cut each other off. But I, I think sometimes you, you have to be mindful of when you just outright be like, reparations is dumb. I don't think we should be that. And I then never and then you that. you said something like that. It was oh back me up, y'all, because we were talking about selling Tampa. I was watching that. I'm, I'm gonna know, find it today. No, selling Tampa just had this whole scene where they're like, oh, uh, they're selling these like multi million dollar homes, and then <laughs> I just felt like that was a dissonant. And then they were like looking at like Black Lives Matters murals, and I just felt like it was disrespectful of course. to the Black Lives Matters murals while you're selling like million dollar homes. Yes, it just but seemed you like a weird dissonant kind of thing. Yes, but you didn't say it that eloquently. You, I didn't. you said some like you like to go for the top of the line like you're not your ancestors' wildest dreams. And then it's like what? Like who threw the glass oh, yeah. into the fight? Like is somebody could, flipping tables now? And then you like to be like, coming, oh let me explain what I actually meant by com- that. Coming from a white man too, maybe I'm not the messenger. I think later Amber yes. showed me like a tweet. She's like, see Ben, this is what you were saying, but it's a black woman saying it. So you know 
Yeah, context matters. So you can, messengers matter. Me, as well. Context and messengers matter. So it's it's Kim K. Like it seems like nobody works these days. You you do that sometimes, or you'll be like, nobody should own property. I'm like, you own property. So where's this going? Yeah, there needs to be laws that prevent people from owning property. Yeah, what do you what do you propose instead for the people that even heard that and were like, the fuck? Uh, no, I think there's this idea of like property acquisition that keeps younger people like us from actually owning homes. Uh, Got it. And so he like here in LA, homes are so expensive, and the people are just buying up homes and have no plan of ever like creating a long term home. They just want like renters every two three years, and that doesn't. When that happens, you don't create culture that way. Culture is, uh, stems from people who live in a place for a long period of time. Culture stems from like families passing on when like grandparents can have grandkids come to the home that their you know their uh, family was raised in. And you can't do that in the real estate market because there's no cap on how right. much property people can own. So I I agree with your sentiment. Do you think the solution is caps, or do you think the the solution is no one should own property? Probably some sort of cap. Uh, there are there are been suggestions where like you don't pay rent, but you pay into some sort of like HOA that cares for the whole gotcha. area, right? I fuck um, with that. I'm listening to you. Yeah, I I love your ideas and I love your mind. I just want to warn people who maybe don't know Ben that like, wait, stay around. It's like, it's like when you see a cold open and you're like, what? Whoa, too bloody, too gore. I'm like, wait, no, he's gonna, he's gonna save it. I love this fan. He's gonna save it. So let's get into the second story. Yeah. This is called the carving of war. It's about a mom and daughter beefing. The daughter basically leaves her, um, mom to join missionaries after these missionaries come to her town and they build a church and sort of like disrupt the, um, sort of the traditional like African spirituality in the town. And the mom is like, fuck you daughter. Like if you're yeah, going was... to hang out with Christ, like you're going to lose um, the powers of like your ancestors. And it's really intense. Uh, it is very, it, it feels like this mother is out to destroy her daughter. At some point, the mother like slits the throat of her child, like the, like calls the spirits to slit the throat of her child, which is actually like her own grandchild. And then she finds a oh. way to like destroy the baby daddy. Yeah. In she, the scenario, she's like her mom the, was annoyed the child's father. Her, uh, yeah. So she kills uh, the baby daddy and then she turns her daughter into a, a snake a serpent. Yes. A serpent. And then decides to raid her, her grandchild into the ways of like the African spirituality. It's a beautiful disturbing story yeah but be- it's- hunt disgustingly disturbing and be and i you know i've been thinking so much about my mother lately who is very much alive i don't know why why i set that up like she's is your gone mom gonna turn you into a serpent you think well you know what my mother had two pretty insane things happen to her this week one she goes home she opens the garage and there's this like huge snake in there <sighs> It's like a bolo snake or something. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Rat, maybe the rat snakes. Black right. snakes. Right. And she said she, and it was just slithering all around the garage. So she was like, obviously Did afraid to go any, into the uh, house. Did she footage of it? Um, I don't think so. But Damn. she, she, she talks, and of course, this of is that. a black woman who you're, you're not making a TikTok off of my mama's fear and pain. So she's telling me the story about how she, and you know, my mother, she has been a superhero my whole life. So she's kind of like, I'm sitting in my car, hyperventilating, calling a friend. She, cause whenever she's actually going through something, she doesn't call one of us cause she doesn't want us to worry. 
So she'll typically tell us like two days later, like, oh, I was oh, almost yeah, that... attacked by a snake the other day. Like God. I was having a full panic attack in my car. So I called my girlfriend, which I love. I kind of love that my mom's like, well, y'all aren't my friends. Y'all are my kids. Like I need to call a friend to help me with this panic I like attack. like that. Right. Which so my that... mom could take some notes on that. I'm just kidding. Miss Judy, I didn't say that. I think you have wonderful friends down at the church home. And the second thing that happened to her is another family member was just very rude to her recently. Like she's trying to help out planning this like family reunion thing. And my mother is helping the side of the family that is actually my dad's side of the family. My dad's just like, I'm not fooling with y'all niggas. Like that's what he says. So my mom's like, I'll join the he meetings. Said that, I'll he help said those out. Words exactly. Correct. That's correct. He's like, I don't trust those Negroes. My dad's, you know, like your dad doesn't you know, really talk like that. He's right. very like, you know, yeah, 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 yes and no. But I think, so So my mom is, you know, she has years of experience as a principal and organizing and doing yeah, like... Yeah, mom's great, great at that. She's great in a meeting. She's great at actions. She's great at logistics and getting things done. And one of my family members, like I guess on my dad's side, was just being a total tyrant this week and like bitched her out. Like, like called her at work and bitched her out. And I remember thinking to myself like, I will fuck you up. Like, I don't give a... F- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I know that this is not about that. This is about an evil mother. But I, I remember thinking... My mom was like, he Amber, he almost had me in tears. And I, and I said, you know, this is my mama, who's like the woman king. I was like, what, well, do I need to call him? Like, what what's the protocol here? Because she's like, no, no, I'm going to set him straight at the next meeting. I was like, no, you can't just tell me somebody just almost had you in tears. I was like, did you tell dad? Because I'm sure dad will, like, destroy his cousin that did this to you. And she was like, no, I'm not even going to tell your dad. And I was like, yeah, that's a good, you know what I mean? I was like, that's a good plan. But I just remember feeling enraged that someone raised their voice at my mother. You know? Yeah. And so to see this dynamic (laughs) where this mother is, like, completely and fully haunting her daughter, I was just it, it it felt so foreign to my experience. First of all, I didn't think the the daughter. I thought the daughter was evil. Like the no. daughter was complicit in like cultural genocide. Like the mom, the mom was like, you you literally ran away from your village. You ran away from your calling, and you literally uh, embraced the colonizer. I thought the mom. I was, was... inclined to believe the daughter in that scenario. Oh, okay. I was inclined to. You know what else? So this week on TikTok. <laughs> this, this week, week this week on tiktok i saw this video there mtv has this new show where it's essentially one person in this relationship is hiding the other person from their family or something so some in some cases it's like honestly i'm, I'm married and i have another family honestly i'm hiding you because my family doesn't know i'm gay honestly i'm hiding you because insert you know and so Sounds this week so i MTV. saw so MTV. I'm hooked. So this week I saw a clip where this Muslim woman is hiding her like white husband from her family. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you don't understand. Like my family wants me to be in an arranged marriage. They've already selected someone for me. I'm just like stalling right now. And he and the white guy was just like, well, just tell them like we're in love. Like, wouldn't your family understand we found love? Da 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 da. And he's like, she's like, no, you don't understand. They're very religious. And if I tell them, I could re- lose everything. Well, we find out. Obviously, the daughter tells her family, and you know what happens? What? What do you think happens? I, I'm. I don't want to guess. 
Yes. They kill her? No, they don't kill her. This is MTV. <laughs> I was like, I don't. This isn't sci-fi. No, obviously the family cuts her off and now like she just is with her husband and I think they even are like trying for a kid or have a kid or whatever. But of no. course she like. I was like, due to the murder of, I don't know. I, no, because sometimes on TV up. you assume like maybe she'll tell her family and they'll eventually get it. It's like, no, she tells them and they cut her off. Like they, yeah. they have no contact. Oh yeah, they're, right I guess now. they not murder. That's like pretty extreme. Yeah, but, but it's still kind of like, it feels like grief in that way. So I think I saw that TikTok and then read this story of this mother like haunting her daughter. And I was just like, maybe your daughter didn't just join the colonizers, whatever. Maybe she just fell in love and had a baby and wanted you to be a part of that. But because that wasn't exactly your vision, now you're haunting her for life. You didn't read it like that? I no, did. No, no, I did not. Different difference of opinions. Anyway, girl. <laughs> Do you want to... Um, what yeah, would- we read. Uh, then yeah, let's move on to the next one. Ghost ship by Tanana Reeve. Do right. Uh, this is a story so why I don't go on cruises. This is like, oh my gosh, you go on a cruise and some sort of outbreak happens and everyone ends up dying. Yeah, which is what the first happens. COVID. The, that's where COVID started. What a, like Royal Queen Caribbean yeah. something. Yep, it happened on there, and yeah, that's not a. Not for me. Also, but this uh, this is a story, you know, in the near distant future where um, people uh, go to the U.S. and there's a form of like indentured servanthood that's started mm-hmm. and it's really depressing and very sad and people get sold uh, to, yeah. And it was, it was a good story, but it also just made me sort of depressed. It's kind of like a final girl story. It is. Not yeah, to spoil, she, yes. She's she's the Florida owner. is her name. Florida is her name. And uh she gets scratched by like this genetically modified cat that I think keeps her from getting sick. Yes, and so everybody else on the boat gets sick and so before going on this cruise, I think she heard about she heard it was gonna be a hard voyage. She heard that there might be some varying tiers and hierarchies once she gets to the US. And she also heard you know, many ships have passed away on this village and there are ghost ships out there on the waters. And the story ends with everybody dying and she's oh, the only one. Oh. And she's like captain of her now ghost ship, you know. Also, the people, if you do anything wrong on these cruise ships, they're not, I mean, they're traveling ships, but they kill you. They just they, throw you overboard. They throw, yeah, this throw is you overboard. So this is basically a pirate ship. Yeah. So th- there's lots of uh, climate refugees and there's like a short of, a, of labor, 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 um, et cetera. So, uh, yeah. It, mm. Oh, actually, you know, I, I think what happened in this story is that the genetically modified cat, which he's given sort of secretly by her boss who's sending over to the U.S. Uh, is the one that causes the outbreak and that she sort of just happens to, to survive from it. See, like I read it kids. as this because she got a huge scratch from this animal. And she coughs. She coughs. And then after she coughs. But it felt like that was the someone. shot. Well, no, I think. But why would her aunt give her a genetically modified, or or her mother, or 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 bought her or something? It was some weird context about like this. If if you could call a mother someone who like forced you into labor or something, why would her familiar figure give her an animal that would kill everyone around her? No, I think I think she. 
Yeah, well, I think it was just a special breed of cat that she was trying to get to the U.S. or something. It was like genetically modified for yeah. money or something. I mean, it, why does anybody transfer anything over from one place to another? I think a lot of people don't give you something that would kill everybody around you. Maybe she didn't know. Maybe this was sort of some sort of, you know, it, maybe it was supposed to stay in the box or something because she opens the box. But yeah, no, that doesn't make sense because no, the voyage is long. I think she was supposed to open the box. She was supposed to open it. She get like, if you didn't want her to open a box, don't give her a box. Yeah, I don't know. That's I. I really was intrigued by this story, and I would love to hear from those who are reading this with us uh, your thoughts on Ghost Ship because it was one of my favorite stories. But I think I did miss one or two things in reading slash listening. Um, have you ever had a cat scratch you? Of course, yeah. I had lots of cats. I love cats. Lots of cats have scratched you. Yes, it's part of like just having a cat. If you have a cat, you get scratched by the cat. What? Oh, I guess I guess the dog is the same way. But a dog yeah, just don't go around scratching you. They might like jump up on you in the next Yeah, day. yeah. So Whereas cats sort of cat, avoid like, you. They Well, if you're playing with them or you're rubbing their you know, stomach, they're like, ah, I think it's like a ball or something. Like, Ooh, no. I'm just not a cat person. You're disgusting. I just can't. I just can't get with them. I don't know. There's a disconnect there. I respect them as animals. They're like, I don't like you until I like you. I think you hate cats so much that you sort of avoid even looking at the word cat. Because didn't you think that the animal in this was a parrot? I thought it was a bird. <laughs> well, because like, the name of the animal cat. was birded. Where does yeah. it say that? It what says page? It, I'll, I'll show it to you later. But it was so show funny. Me. I was like, man, she hates cats so much that I guess her mind just... Like blanked out the word. <laughs> Sorry, the name of the creature was Burden, and so it went from being called cat to like, and then Burden jumped here and Burden jumped yeah, there. Yeah. So in my brain, it was like, oh, it's a bird. Burden the bird. No, it's Burden the cat. That's not a good cat name. I mean, Burden is a funny name to name. What do you know about good cat names, Amber? You don't even like cats. I don't like cats. I, don't, I like the Aristocats, the movie. Or like uh, Garfield. He's he's kind of wasn't a there like really uh, recently the whole racist scene of Aristocats became um, sort of a, a hot topic. Which for... scene? Oh, the like Chinese cats or something. Yeah, the yeah. Asian cats. Yeah, hot take. That you know what that that's that's pretty good given when that movie was made. That that's that's the only thing that people have clocked. I like that movie, but I don't know. Me and cats just never... Like, when somebody's like, come over to my house, see my cat. And then I go over there, and their blinds are all crutched up, and the cat avoids us the whole time. I'm kind of like, so what? what's the point? <laughs> like, why the fuck is your cat avoiding us? Like, why would you want an animal that just avoids you all day? That, because sometimes they don't. Sometimes they curl up next to you, and you... Rub them underneath their chin, and then they walk away. Yeah. Well, I see. I've never had my own cat, so I've never been cuddled by a cat. Amber gives dog energy. I give cat energy. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go do my own thing. Pet me for a second, then I'm gonna go read on my own. You have to have more respect for a dog owner because it's daily walks, it's daily wiggles and cuddles and whatever. Whereas cats, it's like you can go three or four days without seeing that damn cat. Or maybe dog owners are just more obsessed with like authority and being manipulative <laughs> and like controlling because they get to control everything about the dog. No, a dog will control your whole life. Like, yeah, but you're the one who is. Maybe like dog owners are just more codependent kind of people. <laughs> maybe and maybe cat owners like hate themselves and everybody else or something. 
Like, Maybe. having an animal that doesn't immediately get excited to see me when I get home is kind of like, why are you here then? Well, because now. Then why did you have a kid? Because eventually she's, she'll. She is pumped when I walk I know, through the door. I know, but eventually she'll be a middle schooler and she'll be like, why the fuck are you here? Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. It's like, why do we have. Yeah, I think Yeah, but they moment. come back to you. Like, a cat never comes back around. Well, not 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 in uh and this the carving of war. Not everybody. in the carving of war. That story, the the daughter does not come back. And actually, no, she does come back. But then the mom She's decides back, to, to turn her into a, a snake. Yeah, the mom was right. Sometimes some people, some children, need to be turned into snakes because they betrayed <laughs> everything you stood for. Dang, are you planning on punishing our daughter? She didn't even do anything yet. No, no, she's a perfect little angel. I have, I'm starting to think of appropriate punishments when the time is right. You're so anti-punishment. So, like, what's an example? Um, okay, so she uh, she's acting up at school. She's talking too much in the back. Every time the teacher asks her to sit down, she's running around. She's being a distraction. What's your protocol? Okay, there's so much. You gave me a lot. Of, you said too much talking, running around. Yeah, just being um, disruptive in class in general. And disrupt, you know. I need to give specifics because I know you and you like to find loopholes and you'll be like, well, what is she talking too much about? Yeah, that's exactly what And then, I would... so I needed to give talking too much. I needed to give out of seat when whatever. Like, think about your disruptive student. Don't I think would, about our child. I would go, I would, I, what I would have to do is mm-hmm. I would have to go and observe that behavior. And then I would have to find the replacement behavior for that. So, and punishment. So, and is how often about... would you go to the schoolhouse? I mean, keep them making the bags, Amber, and I could go every day. <laughs> I don't have to do anything else. I would go as often as needed. Wow, that's good. I, yeah, def- I, like I definitely that. had the moment. Uh, I was telling Amber, we were like sitting around drinking with some friends yesterday. I was like, I think Wild just going to grow up to be bullied. I just Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is that? I, I don't know. I just, she's Well, gonna she's definitely so going to be kind of a weirdo, and, but like. And. But she's so goofy and she loves life. And I think people who love life and like to have a good time, they just become these targets of bullies. Like people are just so <laughs> comfortable in themselves, you know? Yeah, but that bullies are so temporary. They are. Like, and they have, like, that's their one party trick. Like, oh the my bully. God, you were that girl in sixth grade. What are you doing now? <laughs> or, or you could be Candace Owens and oh, just God. I'm have sure, a whole TV show. And I'm sure she was the bully. That. Also, yeah, it's. Like I told you, I, I probably said this after that women's panel, but it's like the thing that you were bullied for is your superpower. Yeah. Like that just is. So even if she is bullied, which like so many kids are, I'm not going to sit here and act like our kid will never get bullied. Even if she is, I'm I'm just going to like double down on being like, oh, they're making fun of you because you like soccer. Let's get or, you or in a, really a training camp. Sewing, or you're or sewing you're, or whatever yeah. it is. I don't know. I find that I think... Obviously, lots of different people can be victims of bullying, but I feel like girls potentially might be bullied less for more eclectic tastes. Okay. We'll see. That's not an exact science, but like a boy in sewing class versus a girl in sewing class is a different kind of bullying. It's still bad. Bullying bullying sucks. And if our kid is bullied, I'm about to beat some parents ass and you heard Bang it here and you heard it kids. here first baby uh you ready to get into the last story is the answer yeah so we read liquid twilight by yatasha let's, let's try that one more time what we, we read liquid twilight by true uh yatasha womack who i got to meet she went to cake uh which is a independent comic book um convention that happened mm-hmm. in chicago they had it at the Halstead center 
and you know maybe six seven years ago and she wrote a really beautiful book on afrofuturism i think one of the first academic texts on afrofuturism like 10 years ago i think 2011 was when i read it um and the story is about a woman who uh, gets two husbands and so like <laughs> that's basically the story yeah she really does that is not basically the Okay, so there's this woman named Asha, right? And she's dating this man named Solomon. And they're happy. Asha and Solomon, they're together forever. They like to walk through the ocean. They like to go dancing. And then one day, Asha and Solomon, they're, you know, they're hanging around. And then here comes Bobakar. And Bobakar is like, what's going on, y'all? Did y'all know my daddy lives under the ocean? It's a weird Asha's way to like, start a conversation. Yeah, like, how's the weather? My dad lives under the sea. You know that, Bubba right? Car got bullied growing up, for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. But he could swim his way out of there. hey So then Asha is naturally like, which, I mean, say more. You know, Solomon's like, that's not true, Bubba Car. You're so crazy. Yeah. I'm going to go over here and get a drink. And then, you know, Solomon goes away for an extended period of time. And Bubba Car's, let me show you how, where my daddy yeah. lives. Yeah, yeah. and so Bubba Car and Asha, like, her. have a thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there's and this is in like the Cari- oh, this is Cape Verde. That's not the Caribbean, is it? Um, I think it's South. Uh, Lord, let me look it up. Let me look it up for so, the girls. Flag- yeah, anyway, it's in Africa. Yeah, uh, it's a a country in Africa. Yes. So, but essentially, you learn that like Bobokar is telling the truth, and his mom had two husbands. One was a merman, a merman, and then one was uh, just a human on the sea. And so Asha sort of has this parallel relationship uh, that happens at the end of the story. She ends up being with two two men. Period. See, I didn't read it that way. I read it as like, Bobakar Loki won. Bobakar Loki stole Soliman's woman. Oh, no. I thought Asha w- would go back and forth between the, the, her lamb, lamb, the Her lamb man and her sea man. It's lamb man and sea I man. I love that for her. Yeah. I really do love that I, for her. I, yeah, I think this is a story about like... Uh, I don't think I didn't read it as she had two husbands. I read it as she's cheating on her husband with another man, Landon C. Yeah, because Asha at one point hears the story and about you know she's like, oh, a woman who's um, you know, polygamous or poly. She's like a woman who's polyamorous. Now I'm listening, so I was like, oh. got you. Yeah, Asha, Asha's wanted this for a while. So. Yeah, but I don't think Solomon was I don't like know consenting if Solomon's to that. down for that. Yeah, right. She might, yeah. They she's might just have to cheating. have a conversation. I love how you're like. So this is a story about a woman with two husbands. I was like, so this is a story about a woman who cheated. <laughs> on her land husband with a fish husband <laughs> right yeah that's 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 it i mean i don't really read a lot of stories about that yeah that's very true i like i mean i would like to say i would stay by your side if a man said like do you know my people live at the bottom of the sea i can show like, you i would at I least be like you right i'll be like ben you have nothing to worry about but i'm definitely going down I'm there going to see down. what the fuck is up yeah yeah, how can you say no? Like, you yeah, find out yeah, that yeah. mermen are... <laughs> you'd be stupid to say no. You'd be like, can I go? Like, come on. And I'd be like, be sure. like, Can I also go? Can I also be part of it? We've been to the bottom of the ocean with another man. Yeah, he held your hand, too. He did. so terrified. The scuba instructor held my hand the entire time because, yes, I was terrified. I was shaking. He's British, too, so he was like, you look absolutely petrified. <laughs> Do you remember when he looked at me and said that? Yeah. And I was like, no, everything's fine. I just need a minute. Amber did it. I sure did. It was great. So fearless. Fearless with you. But yeah, if he could go down there like, and I didn't have to wear the oxygen tank, I'm I'm in, you know? Totally in. All right, man. Let's wrap up this show. We got got some more things to do. I'm really excited. What we got Uh, to do? Where, Where you going? 
No, we're tonight. We're going to uh, the, there's a Netflix premiere, and yeah. you also got your AMP show. I have my AMP show tonight. There's something happening with Netflix tonight. I I think it's like a comedy hour or something. No, yeah, Netflix is. Uh, they're like releasing a video. You know, Netflix. For those who don't know what Netflix is, but they <laughs> release things on the internet that you can watch. And so there's a comedy special that right. I think we're gonna watch and the director of the comedy special is going to be interviewing the comedian. Yes, that part. That's it. I That's think it's it. uh, May Martin, who is, I feel like, a new comedian on the rise. Yeah, but, but a- Abby Jacobson, I think, like directed. Yes, the- who, you know, I'm an OG Abby and Alana fan all day. So I'm very excited to see how this event goes. And I'm so glad that you're going to be joining me. Because yeah. sometimes we can't find a, you know, the, the sitter might not always be available or you're sometimes not interested or you'll Usually go to something I'm and tired. I'm not interested. So like, I want to run. I want to read a book. I want to read Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. You've been Brandon Sandersoning my head off these yeah. days. Yeah, you've been obsessed with like I got to get this novel finished. And I, everybody, tell Ben right. Everybody, if you're still listening, tell Ben he needs to go sign up for a creative writing class. I've been telling him to do it. We and then buy my novel when it's written. Oh, they got you on that. Now, babe, so. you know when you finish your novel, I'm going to Push go the hardest TikTok, for you. Yeah. You know that. Thank you. I cannot wait till that day comes. I've been working on my novel. Uh, I've been working. You need to turn it. Like, fuck you doing? That's the first step of being a writer, getting a turtleneck. Anyway, and y'all. And a cat. I've told you this before, but anyway. And a genetically modified cat. Thank y'all so, so much for tuning in to the Sci-Fi Side Podcast. Up next is week six of Africa Risen, so please be sure to read the next four short stories after Liquid Twilight. Maybe you're just now starting this series with us. That's, in, that's all good, too. Pick up Africa Risen or buy it on Audible and pick up the next story after Liquid Twilight. We will see y'all next week for the show. Uh, bye, y'all. Bye, thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube 